Born again really means that God has revealed himself to you directly. No man taught you. God taught you. God changed you by his spirit from within. It's not that you have a set of rules and you learn them and you work on them and you do them by your own thinking. You're changed from within. Old things have passed away. All things are become new. This is being born again. God reveals himself to you. God reveals the word to you. No man does this. God does it. We have a wonderful example of this in Matthew chapter 16. Begin at verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Jesus saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the revealed word of God, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I know God was revealing himself to me sometime during early elementary school. My parents did not go to any church, we didn't go to a church. We didn't have a Bible. One day I asked my aunt, who was Church of Christ, where is it in the Bible where it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't know how I knew that. I don't know how I knew that verse, but I knew it. Other than... God revealing it to me directly. Another example of God teaching me directly came sometime when I was, I must have been seven or eight at the time this happened. My mother's sister was visiting us. Frequently when I awoke after being asleep, I didn't open my eyes. I just would lie there with my eyes shut, but I heard what was going on around me. My mother and my aunt were in my bedroom talking. And my mother began talking about my dad's first wife. I was horrified. I didn't know my dad had been married before he married my mother. In a very childlike way, I knew this was a sin. And I didn't want to see my dad again. 
after I heard that. Now, that didn't last very long. He was always, he cared so much about me. He would do anything for me. I was really the light of his eye. But it affected me very much when I heard that. I am quite sure God had been teaching me, even at that early age, about the subject of divorce and remarriage. I attribute my being born again to the situation that happened to me when I was approximately 37 years old. At that time, I was reading a book about sin. I had had an operation, was staying with my best friend and her husband. They had several religious-type books in the room where I was staying. I picked up one of them, and it was about sin. And as I was reading it, I clearly heard, Joan, you know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes. Those were sins. I gasped and I said, sins? I thought they were mistakes. I know I was born again then. I was changed completely at that exact moment. Prior to that, when I was 15 years old, I had gone forth at a Church of Christ and been baptized in water. But my life didn't change at all. It was just exactly the way it was before I was baptized in water. I was not born again. I did not have the Spirit of God. I just lived the way of the world by my own ambitions. But when that happened to me when I was 37 or 8, I was changed instantly. I wasn't all the same. That morning, I left my best friend's house, and I said to her, Oh, by the way, Donna, I don't think I've been a Christian until now. She said, What? Joni, come back here. What'd you say? Donna had been raised in the Baptist church. She told me that they thought I was a Christian because I spoke certain things that sounded like a Christian. But she told me about a week before this happened, she and her husband decided I wasn't really born again. Now I am. Everything's changed immediately. It changed so dramatically for me that when I went into the business that I owned at that time, and when I spoke to people, I would think, well, who said that? And I had said it. I was so very different. I didn't even recognize my own speaking. There was a woman named Mary Beth Powell who worked for the Dallas Morning News, did advertisements called Shopping the Town, and she would come to your store and do feature stories about various items, and I was one of her clients. Mary Beth said to me, Joan, I believe we have really seen in you a conversion because you are changed. You are very different. Change is what it's all about. Being born again is change, but it's change from within. It's change from God changing you, not from yourself changing yourself. It's all of God, not of yourself. 
And unless you are born again, you really can't understand spiritual things. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Unless you are born again by God of his spirit, chosen by God, you can't understand spiritual things. And so many people sit in churches and they are not born again. At the end, Jesus will come and separate the sheep from the goats. And he will say to the sheep, Enter in to the kingdom which God hath prepared for you. And the goats he will turn away to eternal damnation. And Jesus says you must be born again. I know you cannot understand things of God unless you're born again. I played bridge a few years ago. And at the bridge center, almost everybody attended some Christian type church. We had Baptists and Methodists and Presbyterians and Catholics and church, lots of Church of Christ were there at the Bridge Center. We had non-denominational people, I believe. Everybody identified himself or herself as being a Christian. Only a handful did not identify themselves as being Christian. I would hear things from God and I would speak it to these people individually as we were visiting there was quite a bit of time at the bridge center where you visited with the people before you changed tables i would share what god had said what god had done scriptures they just sat there as dead people they didn't delight in scripture they couldn't understand what i was saying they just wanted me to shut up so they could talk about worldly things 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you, the Holy Spirit is in us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I have seen this so Many times, everywhere I go, I began at some point sharing things of God and that person I'm talking to who has identified himself as a Christian gets very quiet and says nothing at all. That person does not delight in the Lord, does not delight in the word from God. You can tell that person is not 
born of the Spirit of God. Being born of the Spirit of God is not of ourselves. We are chosen by God. Romans chapter 9 tells about this. People often hate Romans chapter 9. Church people. Because it is about the elect of God, the chosen of God. In the Old Testament, the children of Israel were the elect of God, chosen by God. After the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, the New Testament church was established. Both the Jews and the Gentiles were accepted, chosen by God. One of the Jews who was chosen by God was Paul. The Apostle Paul was chosen by God. He had been persecuting the followers of Jesus. He had been out catching them, taking them to the high priest, consenting when they were put to death. Until Jesus revealed himself to Paul on the road to Damascus. There's a sighting of this story in Acts chapter 9. I like the way Paul told King Agrippa this story in Acts 26 because he goes into more detail of what Jesus told him when he was born again. Let's look at Acts 26. This is one of the clearest examples in the Bible of being born again. Paul was basically on trial for his life in front of King Agrippa. Then King Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of the Jews, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews. Wherefore, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. My manner of life for my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion I lived a Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. Why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary 
to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I did also in Jerusalem. And many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Notice Jesus spoke to Paul in the form of a voice from heaven. That's exactly how I was born again, by a thought coming to my mind. You know those mistakes you've been making all these years? Those weren't mistakes, those were sin. That was the Holy Spirit convicting me of sin, that I would be born again. And that is what being born again is. We are convicted of our sin by the Holy Spirit. Verse 15, Paul said, And I said, Who art thou, Lord? To the voice that spoke to him. And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. He revealed himself directly to Paul. Verse 16, But rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of the things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Paul did what Jesus told him to do. Paul goes on to explain the elect of God in the New Testament church as he speaks to us through Romans chapter 9. We'll start at verse 6. For they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Just because you were born a Jew didn't mean you were a child of God is what Paul is saying. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac 
shall thy seed be called. There was a promise, and that was Isaac. Ishmael was not. Isaac was. Paul says in verse 8, that is, they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children not being yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose, have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy, on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt then say unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on all the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us whom he called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. And he saith in Osi, I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass, that in the place where it was said unto them, Ye are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. Isaiah also crieth concerning Israel, Though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved, only a portion. For he, God, will finish the work and cut it short in righteousness, because a short work will the Lord make upon the earth. 
You have to compare this scripture with Second Peter chapter 3 where he says, A day in the sight of the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. God does not measure time as we measure time. Verse 29, Romans 9, And as Isaiah has said before, Except the Lord of the Sabbath hath left us a seed, we have been as Sodom and been made like unto Gomorrah. The New Testament church would have both Jews and Gentiles in the church, set in the church by God as God revealed himself to them by his spirit and sealed them by the spirit of God, by the Holy Spirit. We see that all who belong to God are sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's in Ephesians chapter 1. The spirit of Jesus lives in us. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit when we are born again. We see that in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 Corinthians 6, and 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus lives in us by his Spirit to guide us and teach us and to show us things to come. All who believe in Jesus and are called by God have the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of Jesus, living inside them. We are born of God, chosen of God. It is not that we become an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a pastor or a teacher by our desire or by our works. We become that because Jesus himself appoints us to be that when he calls us to care for the church. Some are put in the church to care for the church. If you are one of those, you are an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. We also have spiritual gifts which are appointed by God. You don't earn those gifts. They are given to you by God. You are appointed with these gifts. One gift is a gift of faith. Another gift is a gift of helps. Pam Paget in our little church group, with whom I live at her house at the moment, Pam has a gift of helps. She is in her element when she is helping people. She helps her neighbors. She helps the church. She helps me constantly. She does all the technical work for us to be able to do these podcasts. She does all the technical work to be able to write books on Amazon. She does all the technical work for the blog. She has been given a gift of helps. You'll read about that in 1 Corinthians Chapter 14, it's down at the end of the chapter where it talks about the various gifts of the Holy Spirit 
a gift of helps as being one of those gifts. I have a gift of exhortation. That's a spiritual gift. A gift of exhortation, and if you look up the word exhortation in a dictionary, it will say to advise strongly, to advise or warn strongly. And I do that constantly. That's a gift of exhortation. The other spiritual gifts you'll read about in 1 Corinthians 12. I think a minute ago I said 1 Corinthians 14, but it's 1 Corinthians 12 at the end of the chapter where gift of helps is spoken of. And then early in the chapter it speaks of other spiritual gifts. And in Romans 12 also we read about spiritual gifts. There are many spiritual gifts given by God to individuals in the churches. They are given for the edifying and instruction of the church itself. Unfortunately, in most churches today, there is no opportunity to present those gifts of the Holy Spirit because the service is so structured that there is just no opportunity to share the gift that you've been given. But often in a Bible class, you can. In the Bible class I attended, our teacher always said, does anyone have a word from the Lord? At that time, you were free to share that word that you had from God. But in most church groups, there is no opportunity at all given to share the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that church groups, those church groups like that, they don't even know there is a gift of the Holy Spirit very often. They are accustomed to a type of rigid performance. They go in, organ music is playing, they sit down and the music sets the mood, so to speak. It's all structured by man. Approved men speak to you. I've often wondered in settings like that. I've often thought, if Jesus Christ appeared today in this church group, he would not be permitted to speak to the church. It's so rigid. And therefore, it's so dead and lifeless. Because man has set it up by his own thinking. And by his own thinking, he structured it to leave the Holy Spirit out. The thing that was supposed to happen is every one of us would be permitted to speak to the church as we had a word from the Lord. 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty six. How is it then, brethren, when you come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, which could be a prayer also. Psalms were prayers. A psalm, a doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. Now, wouldn't that be exciting? They used to have something similar to that on Wednesday night at some of the churches. It was called Testimonies. Different people would give testimonies. 
So that was similar to what Paul's talking about. Except in the thing Paul is speaking, if you had a tongue, you would present that. Now, only with interpretation so that the church could understand it. He said, let the prophets speak, two or three, and let the other judge. Let the other prophets judge. If anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy, that all may be instructed, that all may be edified. We don't see anything like that. I've never seen that happen at any church. I've been to several different churches. I've been to churches before I was born again. I've been to churches after I was born again. But I have never seen it set up where there were recognized prophets in the New Testament church. And yet Paul is giving instruction in 1 Corinthians 14 to the New Testament church. Paul said, let the women keep silence in the church for it's not permitted unto them to speak. But if they will know anything, let them ask their husbands at home for it is ashamed for women to speak in the church. When I knew I was called to be a minister, I asked God about this. I said, what about this? I can't speak in the church. He took me to a section of scripture in Acts where it talked about Philip, the evangelist, and he had four daughters who did prophesy. Prophecy is for the church. They had to be able to speak at the gathering of the church to prophesy. That's what God showed me. Then he said to me, look and see what these women were doing when Paul told them to keep silence in the church. And I did go to 1 Corinthians to look to see what they were doing. Paul said, if any of you will learn anything, let her ask her husband at home. I'm sure they were interrupting the gathering of the church by asking questions. Women often do that to draw attention to themselves. Paul wouldn't have any of it. He wouldn't allow it. I wouldn't either. That's out of order. If you have a question, basically ask God. He will reveal the answer to you directly by bringing it to your mind by the Holy Spirit. Or he'll have someone like me Speak about it at some point in time, and you'll say, that's it. God often just plants the truth in our hearts. We see that in Hebrews chapter 8. But it all comes from God. If it comes from our own intellect, it can get so twisted and division occurs in the body of Christ. When one says one thing, another says another thing. These are people speaking by their own thinking and not by the Spirit of God. There is only one Spirit, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. When we are of the same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we don't hear conflicting doctrines from the Holy Spirit. He explains the doctrines to us. 
People like me are appointed to speak those doctrines. When I speak to Pam Paget, who has the same spirit I have, she understands what I'm saying. She recognizes truth. Why? Because God has planted the truth in her heart. She may not have it in her mind in English, but when I speak it, she says, that's it. That's the truth. That's it. That's what it is. At one point in time, and when I was at Word of Faith, attending Word of Faith in the late 70s and early 80s, our teacher, our Sunday school teacher, was sitting in the General Assembly at the main, main uh, 11 o'clock service. And the pastor, Robert Tilton, began speaking about me. And he said, Joan is not a teacher. She's a prophetess. And Don said, that's it. He said many times he had started to announce the club to the class that I was a teacher. But he always had what he called a check in his spirit not to do that. And he didn't know what I was, and I hadn't told anybody. Although I knew I was appointed as a prophet, but I was also appointed as an apostle, and I knew that. But I didn't tell anybody at those churches that. But Bob Tilton said it from the pulpit. How do we know these people? We know them by their fruits. If they keep producing the fruit, then we know what they are by that fruit. An apple tree is recognized by apples that come on its branch. One time I was in Clovis, New Mexico, visiting with a couple of Baptist women. One Baptist woman began speaking about a woman in their church, and she says, I, she said, I don't know what's wrong with that woman. She said, what do you think might be wrong with this woman? She said, pastor is building a new building, and she's so against it. She's always against what the pastor is doing. And out of my mouth came, maybe she's the prophet. Well, everybody was shocked, including me. But frequently, that's exactly what prophets would do. God sends messages to the church to bring correction. He can send, bring them to the whole church, to individuals in the church, or to the pastors themselves. One pastor in Colorado told me this story. He said, I think this man in our church group is a prophet. Because, he said, I was committing a sin. Everybody knew I was committing this sin. And people would come to me from the church and say, you, you've got to stop this. But one day this man came in and pointed at me. And he said it was like an electric current going through me. And he said, stop this. He said, I think he was a prophet. I had a friend in Dallas who was a Bible teacher and he I said how are you doing and he said oh it's been terrible he said I turned 50 today and God got all the prophets after me <laughs> we laughed because I'm sure he needed it prophets bring correction prophets bring instruction they bring 
exhortations to warn the church. You see me do it all the time. Apostles deal with church doctrine, sorting out doctrine, keeping the doctrines of Christ in the church. That's the work of apostle prophet. Let's look at John 8, verse 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. There were also those who did not believe in Jesus. And they answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and we were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, who commit, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, If you were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me, the word. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he, God, sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, Ye believe me not. That's in John chapter 8. And it's the same today. Those who are of God believe others who are of God because they have the same spirit. The ones who are not of God but attend church sit there and stare at you when you speak and they have no idea what you're talking about. They just want it to be over so they can go back to their home and watch television or movies or something that's exciting to them. 
They are not excited over the word of God. They just want it to be done with. Those who are excited over the word of God, they don't want to leave the word of God. They want to grab hold of it and soak it up and get more of it. But those who are not of God, they try to understand with their mind what you're saying. They get all twisted and mixed up. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. John chapter 3, you must be born again. And you can't make it happen. Only God can do that. This is Joan Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to share these things with you today.